0: Hello everyone and welcome to The Power of Music Thinking. My name is Christoph Zurn, and this is the podcast for people with a musical heart and a wicked job. We're looking for stories, insights and tools from the big world of music to inspire leaders and followers to listen, tune, play and perform in whatever field you're operating. Today we're in Albany, Ohio. We speak with Paula White, a globally recognized sales leader, leadership coach, and author of the book, Side B, Remix Your Leadership Style. We talk about how music can recharge the way you are leading, and how leaders can work on their behavioral traits based on musical principles. Paula shares with us the 10 archetypal instruments that are based on a scientific survey, and Paula explains one of them, the saxophone type that came out of the survey I did before the conversation. All right, let's get into it. Hello Paula, nice to have you on The Power of Music Thinking.
1: Hello, Christoph. I am so honored and I love talking to you, so couldn't be happier to be here.
0: <laughs> thank you very much. And as you uh, at the moment, you're in the car, so there might be some different noise. <laughs> so fantastic. And thank you for not driving.
1: <laughs> yes, no, not driving. Very, very much safe. Took off the seat belt. turned off the car. I'm good.
0: <laughs> perfect, perfect. Paula, let me start with with a personal question that I ask all of my guests in the beginning. What was your first memorable sonic experience or album or concert that had an impact on you?
1: Oh, well, you know, there's been several. But I would say it would be Billy Joel, The Stranger, when I was in middle school i wrote a whole play off of that album with rosalita and the italian restaurant and Brenda and eddie i had a whole play off of that whole album and i absolutely loved it i would listen to it daily when i'd get home from school
0: wow cool so talking about the album
1: yeah yeah,
0: yeah right, yeah. right nice yeah. very nice so um Paula, who are you and what do you do for a living?
1: I am just me. And I, I love music and I love people. And I um, started my own business uh, using music to help develop emerging and uh, high potential leaders. So that's what I do now is really go in looking at their personal traits and behaviors and interests and helping them apply that to their leadership style and then combining it with a music playlist or something along those lines, you know.
0: Cool. So there are many questions. So we will dive into a little bit more into it a little bit later. But what's your what was your career? So you worked in in sales or can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I worked in uh, I worked in. Uh, inside sales for over 30 years. I started as a travel agent, and that's where I got my ability to really dream and ask questions of people coming in, of what kind of vacation they wanted. And then I went into veterinary distribution and um, into healthcare distribution. And kind of grew the corporate ladder with everything that was going on took a team from 4 people to 32 people and you know we uh grew the company we grew our department 47 million in in about 8 years wow yeah but i will tell you sales is is uh it's quite demanding And uh, the older I got, the more I found my music was being turned off. And that's what we'll talk about later.
0: (laughs) All right. The the music turned off, that's an interesting one. So how can the music be turned off? Do you mean this metaphorically or is there something? Because um, as far as I understand, sales always has to do with people. So you always interact with people. And to to better understand people, music sometimes can help you to say, oh, that's... That kind of person.
1: And that, and that is exactly what I'm teaching now. But as I was growing and climbing the corporate ladder with every promotion, that music switched from people to data. Mm. Right. Oh. And you're you really start looking at data analytics. Are you making your goals? Are you achieving your revenue? Are you doing x to get to y and it wasn't until the music really got turned back on for me when i i lost a whole team because i wasn't there for them Mm. that i noticed that i wasn't really serving the people that i needed to serve for a while Mm. and then i changed my style and that's when we took off and grew
0: how did you find out? Was was this a special moment where you realized that? It was.
1: It was during a conference, and um, Dwayne Cummings was the keynote speaker, and he literally said, "Flip the org chart." Hmm. And I didn't understand quite what that meant, and so on the following night. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Wait, you know, I don't get that. And so on the plane, I wrote out the org chart and I flipped it literally. <laughs> and I went, oh, I work for my people. <laughs> I don't work for my boss.
0: That's nice. That's very nice. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so now you have your own business and it's called I, B-Side. The The company name is B-Side, right?
1: The company name is actually Side B. Oh, and. As we talked about this, it's side B because I really wanted to go back into musical history where those little 45s um, that in 1942, I believe, um, RCA put out the 45 with a single on one side and another single on the other side. The single was called side A and alternately the, the other side was side B it wasn't until those 45 started really getting popular with DJs and, and people buying them that they flipped it over to side B. So instead of saying side A, side B, it was naturally the lingo became the B side.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Cool. And the B side sometimes, is, there, there were also interesting songs, but the, but oh, the A goodness. side was the, the, the major player.
1: Well, the A side was the popular song. It was supposed to be the one that was to hit the charts running. And usually um, side B was just put there last minute or was, you know, something that was typically going to be unpublished, right? Um, But then you have the B side, you have side B songs like Maggie Mae, from Rod Stewart, or Mm. even Wipeout from the Safaris. Um, You have Hound Dog by Elvis Presley. Uh, Green Day's most famous side B is their song that is, uh, oh, I can't think of the name of it right now. I'll have to get back to you on that one. But there are so many more popular side Bs than side A. As a matter of fact, Kiss and I'm sure you know this. Kiss is uh, was a heavy metal rock band here in you know the states, and they were really known for heavy metal, the black leather, the boots, the face painting, the long hair. The Their tongue. most pop, yeah, the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Their most popular song was written by Peter Chris, who wrote it about his wife. And uh, it was Beth. It was a piano ballad. Oh. And it is the only one that got significant airplay from Chris's whole or from Kiss's whole album repertoire.
0: Mm. And, and what's the name of the song? Beth a oh, beth oh all right mm-hmm. so I, I just thought it was uh, i was made for loving you because this might be their biggest hit i don't know i'm not too much into kiss <laughs> yeah
1: no beth if you look at right. their uh, most significant airplay it was beth a piano ballad
0: so how do you mean b-side or how are you using b-side is b-side let's say, the hidden side or not the obvious side or, let's say, the the the, the, the lower part of the iceberg? Is, is this, this what you think of um, when you talk about it?
1: Yeah, so think of it this way. The A side, the popular song, all of those things, um, I look at those as your resume building skills. Those are all the skills you want everyone to buy into. That is, you know, your budgeting, your um, negotiating skills, all of those skills that you've learned in school, where if you go to the B side, I'm looking at positive behavioral traits that are naturally within you, whether it's curiosity or courage, because we have to have those positive behavioral traits that really affect people. It's the humanity side. Those softer skills that are relational, relational-based skills.
0: And do and, and you you direct your business to to leaders. And do they know their B side?
1: you know some of them think they do, mm-hmm. and they will say, you know, the the I have ten archetypes that we talked about. Mm-hmm. They'll say, oh, I'm the drummer or I'm the saxophonist. I'm kind. I'm gracious. But until we give them um, an opportunity to take a survey, we really find out what their interests, preferences and traits are. And we've assigned a different, you know, desirable traits, essential traits to different to different um, positive behaviors that once they uncover that, it's like taking a blanket off your head. Hmm. Now you know what's inside of you and you can really develop that hmm. that skill set.
0: And as you just mentioned, there are uh, 10 archetypal types and you connected them to musical instruments.
1: I did. I did. So, um, you know, the let's take the drums, for example. The, the drums, if you think of the drums... The drum is what part of the band? The band to keep tempo, to keep the song going, to keep the beat, to move it forward, right? So your side A is you're a forward thinker. Hmm. You are somebody who's going to take the company to the next level. But what's side B? To have those kind of skill sets, you've got to be curious, Right. Open, you know, So the B, the B side or side B is curiosity. Hmm. So if you're a forward thinker and you're a drummer, then your side B is curious because ah. some of the desirable traits are open and reflective and experimenting and self-improvement and really encouraging and asking a lot of questions.
0: Ah all right all right interesting so then we have one do you do you want to name them all so there uh, well, there <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would like to because it's it's interesting to understand um that you're using this um in your consultancy in your consultancy uh, with leaders and um, sometimes I can imagine that some leaders might have a preference for a certain instrument coming from some kind of history and what you do is let's say the reverse engineering you just give them um, a very uh, a b- big survey and uh, yeah. b- with a lot of psychology or or um, intelligence, uh, one of these archetypes is, let's say, dominant. And then you get into a talk with them.
1: That's exactly true. So we talk about dominance because eventually you want to be the full band, right? Yes, yes. So you've got the drummer, you've got the um, lead guitarist, which if you look at the lead guitarist, they are really, and I, I keep my s- stuff here so I can, I can, my notes here with me. So um, they are really passionate and they are um, really the ones that look at a need for results and accountability, but they are overly passionate about it sometimes. So to balance that, that's what we look, to balance that because you have to take initiative and be enthusiastic to be the lead guitarist now think of the lead guitarist in a real band Hmm. what are they they're out there doing the riffs and and you know really loving what they're doing with the ups and downs they're fantastic um we have the bass guitarist which is an exceptional communicator and they are um I've I put their side B as ethical, right? Uh-huh. Um, we have sincerity, which is the piano. And think of the piano. You use both sets of white and black keys for harmony and for all of those things. And the piano can be really driven in many ways. It can be the lead. It can be in a company. It can... You know, you look at that. We just talked about the Elton John concert. He is all piano and he was so and so sincere in Mm -hmm. everything. But their traits are, um, you know, they want authority. And that is the decision making process while accepting the decision making responsibility. And that's really with the piano Uh, trustworthy, the rhythm guitarist, because we always trust that the rhythm guitarist is going to be there when they are accompanying the drums. They're great, um, optimistic. And I've got that as the vocalist and the vocalist is amazing because they're the ones that are out there pushing the fans and getting people going. They're the lead of the of the group. Um, the violin and I have their archetype are the violin and their, um, side B is certainty, Hmm. right? Courage is the conga drums. Okay. And their side A is change and crisis management. Gracious is self-awareness and um that is the saxophone and i believe that is you my friend
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, yes and and this was let's say for me for me the most uh, surprising or or not surprising part because um, i shared with you that i'm playing saxophone and so i did there um, i did your survey and uh-huh. um it's a, it was said that you take 20 minutes i don't know if i Got 20 minutes. I thought maybe more, so I thought, thought, oh, I, I just do it in a, in a few minutes. But uh-huh. I really had to sit um, before the survey because there's a lot of sorting uh, in it, a lot of quality where you really have to say, oh, is this more uh, important than the other one? That's the um, the idea of the survey. Right. So I really thought, oh my god! And then you you get questions again. So I really thought I um, I did it um, rather thoroughly, and surprise, surprise. So (laughs) give me your feedback. (laughs) How how would you do this normally? Normally, a leader would uh, uh, do that survey and would ask you for uh, some kind of advice or some kind of of next steps. And this would be some kind of talk, first talk, where you give the feedback and say, hello, Mr. in this case, saxophone. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Mr. Saxophone. And, uh, you know, here's the beautiful thing is you... Whether you play the saxophone or not, and you do, and you play the saxophone very well, you If I were to tell you, and I explained your desirable traits are open, reflective, warmth, and empathy, and diplomatic, and I would say, Do you agree with those?
0: Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, I would say they're, they're good in my street. So um, normally I would give an answer and there is so much more. And I would rather see see myself not only as a saxophone player, but also as a, let's say, a multi-instrumentalist or what else. But um, the answer would be yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then we would talk a little bit about your your greatest strength. How do you see yourself as open and reflective and where else could that be? And it shows up in the drums, Mm -hmm. as we talked about. And your drummer score was quite high too. Your curiosity, okay. I believe you, um, out of the ten, you were all um, competent in eight of them. Oh well, which is amazing. And so the two that you know, that were need a little bit of work is just something that we would work on as we moved forward. Absolutely. And I would give you uh, skills to work on, different things to to read. Um, and we would journal on some of the things that you would look to do to increase those traits. Hmm. because when you increase those traits, you flip it back. To serve your people that way. And the idea here is. What do you. You know. Who are you serving. And leadership is. To be a leader. You've got to take care of your people. And I think. And I read this in your book. And I believe it was your book. Or in your website. That I absolutely love. Leaders. And and help me if I've got this wrong. Leaders, uh, good leaders can be followed, yeah. and they can follow.
0: Yeah, th- that's the basic idea that that we, or uh, I say I, um, th- that we have to understand that a leader can be a follower, and uh, or will be a follower at some time and that every follower can be a leader so in, in, in what I mean with this is not actually I don't really like to talk about leader or a follower or leadership and followership I would rather like to talk about leading and following and that's the dynamic that you would have in, in, in every band because if you're only leading um, like let's talk about jazz and Miles Davis if you're if your quintet is, is named after, uh, after yourself, this doesn't mean that you play all the time your trumpet. So, right. <laughs> right. so that's, you have sometimes to follow the other ideas.
1: Yeah, and I love that because that's exactly what I'm trying to um, coach people here on is leadership is not a title. It is something within you. And when it's within you and once you recognize what that is and you put context and language behind it, then you have you can successfully grow in that leadership language. Hmm. Right. And so then what we're doing is helping them to become that full band to ultimately leave a legacy of being curious or courageous or kindness or gracious like you rather than I really didn't like that person. They were too blah, 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 you know, and all the negative traits Mm -hmm. or working so hard like I did um, to get the results. And I thought that those results would be what I would be remembered for for a while. And that's when everything flipped for me is to understand that leadership is, is not a title. It's what you do and, and what you say for your name and let your name speak for you. Mm -hmm. And that's why when you look at these great musicians like Miles Davis and, you know, even Queen Freddie Mercury and all of the, the, um, great jazz Ella Fitzgerald you know their name and not necessarily their songs off the top of your head
0: right I'm, 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 I like what you say this is actually where where I make the analogy between the business world and the music world so the 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 music world is so big and has so many interesting characters roles yeah you name it and at the at the very end the question is mm, are the, the singles, the songs, the, the stuff that you're producing, is this your legacy or is the legacy how you did this and how you interacted with people? So I like this very much also from, 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 your, uh, from your approach that it's a very positive uh, um, uh, yeah. approach and um and and i like this a side b side you could also say it's like left brain uh, right brain or or the iceberg and what's uh, been uh, yeah. beneath it so it's about it's some kind of holistic thinking and um, sometimes I, I feel that um, people that call themselves leader, let's put it that way, sometimes forget the other side and, uh, and, and it helps them to, or, or, or yeah, they, they would need help and it's, um, it's fantastic if they would reach out and, and that would also be the, the idea. Does people come to your website um, by typing into uh, like leadership development or how is your business, is it a via via uh, business?
1: It is, they can go into my website, LinkedIn, you know, um, but yeah, the business comes organically. It comes by referrals it, you know, the business is really the people who genuinely believe their companies want to be led by people and, uh, and you know, I, it's why not ditch the data for three to four minutes and pick up a song in your head just to change your mindset for a moment during the day and go out and connect with your people because what I like to talk about is I'm not saying go out and be all ooey gooey with your people it's a both and approach you have to have accountability with kindness you have to have discipline with respect you have to have both and right and that is what a true leader does. And a true, you know, like you said, whether it's a, 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 by title or not by title, a leader can be anyone in the organization.
0: And you work with them, let's say, in, in, in coaching sessions, um, but, but, but you also come up with, uh, you help them to discover new music or music that would fit to them. How, how does this work?
1: Well, interestingly enough, we do we what I do in one-on-one and in my workshops is I will go in and I'll say I want you to define I want you to come up with three songs for me right off the top. One that you listened to as a kid that mm. you just absolutely love. One that you listened to in high school that really brings back some nostalgia mm. and one that is really important to you right now. Hmm. And what I have found in in that research or that exercise that I do is when we are kids, we're really looking at motivational songs. Oh. When we're in our teenage years, those songs become almost... Um, um, Hardcore grunge, negative—you know <laughs> that kind of. I want to, you know, no school, Alice Cooper, <laughs>
0: <laughs> pretty <laughs> vacant, school the Sex South. Pistols, <laughs> right? <laughs> Talking about myself, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Ramones, the Cars—you know, it was a lot of a lot of disparity and a lot of angst in the teenage years. And then when I hear what they're doing now. That tells me if they're working from a positive brain set or a negative mindset.
0: Mm, okay, so so right. the, the the music taste or the, the the selection of that kind of music that tells more than yeah than just the music itself.
1: Right, and it just kind of gives you you know an idea of what they're doing, and then then we create a playlist. Now, I can't create a playlist for each individual person Ah. because it really needs to come from you. It needs to come from your songs, your beliefs. Do you have a song that motivates you right now that will change your mood instantly? And what is that? Hmm. And then we start there. Do you have a song that calms you when you're frustrated, when you're you're ready to give up, what is that song? And we label these songs and put it into a playlist so that when they're in that moment and they can recognize it now because they have context to it, they can listen to that song for three, four minutes and let the let the emotion change.
0: Nice, very nice. So um, I'm just thinking about people that listen now to the podcast, and they might do this in in the car or at home or with an headphone. Yeah. They can get right into it without um, being distracted too much to think about these three songs that you yeah. that you ask. So the 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 the, the kids the the kids songs and the 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 what was it the high school and the song the that is school. at the moment prevalent
1: where they are right now absolutely you know and and for me and i think you and i talked about this before being dyslexic music helped me so much and um you know when we can take it's not only um emotional and motivational but it's meaningful and and it can music can change your perspective at a moment's notice just by listening to something that is meaningful to you. And I think mm-hmm. that is what is so important um, about leading people or being a leader amongst your teams or people you're with. If it's a soccer group or a mom's group, you know, understanding that positive energy is really where humanity lies and mm. that's where you know that's where music ties into business and and for me is really is helping others understand that we all get frustrated we all get angry we're all sick of data we're all you know tied up in our office but we've got to let go before it hurts our health mm. and um, you know
0: beautiful Beautiful. Yeah. Sounds very good. There's one thing I would like to, to mention because you, you mentioned the word data more often. I think there, there, there are two kinds of data. One is quantitative and the other one is qualitative. And mm-hmm. I think music on, on, on the part that, 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 uh, that, that, you, that you also think on is the qualitative part. And and after all the quality, so if you look into um, Spotify, sometimes I, I see a certain song that I like very personally and then say, oh, wow, it's 290 million times <laughs> streamed <laughs> on, on Spotify. So there is data, a qual- quantitative data in qualitative. And as a matter of fact, you can also flip that side. So go from... <laughs> quantitative to qualitative, and maybe back again if you have to roll it out a little bit um, broader. And sometimes you need the data to to convince people.
1: I love that. I, I love that idea. Um, what I have seen in business, which is interesting, is we have so much data, as you know, that sometimes we, there was an old saying, you know, data doesn't lie. Hmm. And in Spotify and what you're saying there, it doesn't. But when you have so much data to rely on, you can also twist it to tell the story you want it to Mm, tell.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: That's the data that I'm speaking of.
0: All right. Right. So that's the data crunching and (laughs) trying to convince people just with the with the numbers. Right. I like very much the uh, you mentioned the, the dys- dyslexia the, yeah. uh, and um, I thought about when you talk about songs they're most of them they're sung so when, mm-hmm. when we look into pop or rock music most of them are sung so and, and there is that verbal part where yeah you 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 if you would read them the lyrics you would yeah we read them in a different way, and mm-hmm. I, I thought because i 'm not um uh, English native speaker, sometimes in my youth, we were listening to songs that we had no clue what the words were about, so it was some kind of uh, of some kind of let's say language uh, d- dyslexia, but we mm-hmm. felt the power of that song, and later right. you dive into it and you say, "Oh, that's an extra layer that I missed,
1: yeah." Exactly. Um, You know, it's interesting that you say that because I have been looking at lyrics of when I was younger and singing them and I'm going, huh, wow, I didn't know that's what that song was about. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But it had a good tempo and had a great beat. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I think that's that, that's an interesting part. So because sometimes, if if we would take again these three songs where we just talked about, mm-hmm. what about the lyrics? Or what if they don't have lyrics? That's already an interesting oh. Uh, thing. Oh, all your songs don't have, have, have yes. lyrics. That's or or maybe the version that you're listening to. I think that's that's um, yeah inter- interesting to to just move that forward.
1: Is. Yeah, I like that concept. I may have to try that one. You know, with dyslexia, for me, it was the memorization. Mm. You know, it's like still with the ABCs. I don't know how many people listening to the podcast now, but who still sings the ABCs to remember what comes after a certain letter? Mm. I do. I still sing the ABCs in my head to remember what comes after a letter, like letter J. You know, I'm like, <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> Um, But that, you know, and we listened to all those nursery rhymes, right? Mm-hmm. Mary had a little lamb. Um, ring around the rosy is another one that. I don't know, know that. The ring around the rosy? How does it go? Well, this is an interesting story. It's ring around the rosy, pocket full of posy, ashes, ashes. We all fall down. And it was actually created. And um, I'll have to look up exactly. But I believe it was created when the plague came. And people were singing this so that kids wouldn't get upset. Mm. So again this goes to your point we were singing this and didn't know what the real meaning was and it was a nursery rhyme Mm. that's interesting
0: yeah absolutely wow yeah so there's much more behind our the songs we love than we thought before and it helps us to to uncover this and 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 bring it a, a step further
1: yeah and you know It helped me with dyslexia with um, even with uh, spelling like arithmetic. I never really could figure out how to spell arithmetic. So I, you know, I created a rat in the house may eat the ice cream. And every single letter is arithmetic.
0: Ah, Nice. So there's much more that we could use in workshops. And uh, bring in music and, and, and words and, and uh, yeah work with them. Yeah. Right. So Paula, thank you very much for all for all your insights and also your your yeah your B side. I think you didn't mention that you all also have written a book about yeah. the B side and there's a, a website out there. Is there anything yep. um, you want to cover before we before we close?
1: Uh, You know what? I just uh, appreciate you, Christoph, and your enlightening. Um, It is, the book is Side B, the first language of it. Um, But I appreciate you and all your listeners. The work that you're doing is amazing, and I can't wait to get your book out here in the States.
0: Thank you very much, Paula. Thank you for thank you for having the show. It was so great, and it was so so funny to to look at you with your backdrop of a car without (laughs) moving. So I really (laughs) loved it. Thank you very much.
1: And I do have the book there in case anyone wanted to see it. (laughs) All right, my friend. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate this because listening is one of the top leadership skills. And I feel honored about this. It is my mission to find, create, and share inspirations for meaningful collaboration based on music analogies. If you want to support this, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a rating, or write a review on iTunes or Spotify. And more inspirations can be found on musicthinking.com. We have a blog, and you can download the Music Thinking Framework. And finally, I would love to hear your feedback. And if you need help with a business challenge, please reach out to me via email podcast at musicthinking.com.